Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s, from great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey, everybody. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with two very amazing women. We have Coach Frankie Picasso from Toronto, and we have Dr. Geraldine Tegelove from Australia. And we're kind of spanning the globe here today, ladies, to talk about the concept of oneness, about hope, about silver linings. And is this global pandemic that we're all facing God-made, man-made, what is it? So I've brought together three really powerful thought leaders with different backgrounds, different cultures, different languages, different religions, different philosophies to have a roundtable discussion on these topics to give us a level of hope, of comfort, to validate the difficulties that we're all going through and how we can come through this together. Geraldine and Frankie, welcome to today's episode. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. It's wonderful to be here. So I want to ask, just before we begin, what is it like in Australia today? And Frankie, we're going to go to you to represent the great uh, city of Toronto. And I will share that we're still struggling here with Los Angeles with food shortages. And we're very thankful for our school districts for providing these bagged lunches for the kids that really can be a breakfast, lunch, and dinner for not only our homeless foster care and uh, poor kids, but also for families in communities who can't get access to regular fresh food, me being one of them. So I'm really thankful. And I went from kind of criticizing sometimes our school district to being very, very grateful to them when they give my children fresh fruit and eggs and milk, things that I can't provide. So it's been a very humbling experience here in Los Angeles. Geraldine, what it's like over there in Australia for you? Well, Sandra, as we all, as you probably understand, we run about six weeks behind um, what, even though we're, you know, we're ahead in time zones, (laughs) we are from things travelling from northern hemisphere to southern hemisphere, we, do, we are running about six weeks behind the whole deal. So fortunate in the fact that we've learned, uh, well, I'm hoping our country has learned a lot, although by the looks of people on beaches, you wouldn't understand that. Um, we are, I think, we're able to get food, which is fabulous, Uh, There was a week or 10 days where the supermarkets were basically empty. But pleased to say now that 
once uh, the people in charge of food supplies decided, no, we're going to ration this straight away. So now we're able to go to the store and, and get what we need. So we're quite fortunate in that. And Australians are pretty good at growing their own food, backyard food too. So um, the likes of Bill and I, we kind of head to our supermarket in the backyard. But, uh, and families here, we're not used to having school lunches provided. Children always have taken their own lunch to school. Um, So families, I guess, are quite used to having to provide children with lunch and breakfast and all those sorts of things. But we're, we're doing well, I think, on the whole here, as far as food goes. Well, Toronto's shut down. We're uh, on emergency uh, services in, in that it's just the necessary non-essential services um, are are on lockdown. So last night they put out a list of um, businesses that are allowed to run. And as you, as you mentioned earlier, Geraldine, you know, the uh, alcohol is one of them. the liquor board is one, I guess people always need that in times of stress. Um, but really it, you have the, you have the groups that, that self isolate and, and are very conscientious about it. And then you have the groups of people, like you said, who just go out on the beach or, or go for a hike and think, nothing of it but all of our restaurants and bars are closed except for takeout or delivery um and of course i just want to you know put a shout out to those people who are doing that and thank them for really their service because for a lot of people you know cannot get out to the grocery stores can't don't want to stand in the lines are afraid to go out some people have been attacked you know for their food even and so um they're recommending that if you do have a service like that you know double triple tip these people because you know what their health is is on the line, really, for you. So I just wanted to, to mention that. Um, there are food shortages. I, when I go to the grocery store, I notice there's a lot of cans. You can't find soup. You know, different things like that are, are kind of missing because um, I guess people, especially survivalists, want to stock up on that uh, two-year supply of, of canned goods. <laughs> but um, fresh meat's available, and, and we don't have the same problem that you do, Sandra. There's, you know, we're definitely able to get milk and eggs and bread and um, actually, my son wrote me the other, he, he FaceTimed me the other day, he was making bread. So <laughs> people are learning to do things on their own now. It's kind of interesting. A lot well, of time our, on their hands. Our flour is all sold out. You know, I have, um, I went to try to buy some flour when this first started because I do like to make my own bread, you know, and it was out. And, you know, one of the ahas that I had, and I want to, I want to talk about ahas for a moment was how much food and product I was wasting prior to this without realizing it, you know, and I'm not dogging my kids, but you know, they would have a bowl of cereal and they would pour the milk and sometimes they'd finish the milk. Sometimes they wouldn't this week when we only have one gallon for the whole family to last a week, you know, my little guy goes, he goes to pour it down the drain. I'm like, no, you know, that's like liquid gold, you know, like stuff I used to throw away or, um, you know, I was kind of, when I would cut and make my soups, I wasn't super careful about where the carrot ended, you know, when you cut out the tops or the celery. And now I go right down to the nub because I'm, you know, I realized like I probably thrown away, you know, 20 stalks of celery by the time you add up my laziness of not going to the bottom of the stalk of celery. And I'm really conscious now of 
how much food I was wasting and I wasn't even aware of it. And so, you know, that was one of my big aha gratitude moments with all of this. Who wants to share another one? And I think, Sandra, too, I've noticed our grandchildren are now saying to each other, you can't waste that. You know, this, we can't do that. You can only have that much or you can only use that or which is great. So it's, you know, it's kind of um, my, I, my aha moments, I think, is, is being mostly gratitude, Sandra, in that um, we do grow all our own fruit and vegetables. We always have. So, you know, it's never been a, a big thing, but now it is. And it's been so wonderful to be able to ring the kids and say, what do you need? You know, so dad goes out the back and picks what they need. And so it's that aha of we can all in some way grow some of our own fruit and veggies and have that there. Uh, But I think for me, the aha has been just gratitude for what we have and being so blessed with what we have. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, you know, every morning, one of the, like, we, I share a chat line with, with my daughter-in-laws, and every morning, it's like, are you okay? Are you okay? You know, is anybody sick? The communication, the level of communication, and making sure that everybody, you know, mentally and physically is fine, and, and what do you need? And, oh, you, you feel sad today, what can I do to cheer you up? And do you want to play a game? Do you want to, you know, what do you want to do online? Maybe we'll meet as a family, and, and, uh, you know, just talk and, and laugh with the kids or do things that is, is gold for us, you know, just to be able to see them because uh, we can't physically see them, but see them on camera and, and communicate daily. I mean, it's really nice that every day they, you know, they check in and, and yeah, it's great. Mm. Yeah. Well, and you know, I noticed something this weekend that, you know, it almost made me feel like I was going back in time. I live up in a, a like kind of a horse community where, most everything happens in these houses in the backyard. You know, your pool is back there, your horses are back there, your animals are back there, and nobody's ever in the front yard. Nobody's ever doing anything because we also have land. So you let your dog out to run around. You don't walk your dog. Well, this weekend, Zach and I went for a little, little walk and we're like, we passed neighbors we had never met. We were neighbors for eight years. We had no idea. We lived on the same street, a couple doors down. Because I'm like, what are you doing here? She's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I just live right there. She's like, oh my God, I live right there. And people, like there was, I'm not kidding you, a father and son playing ball in the front yard with his kids. I almost stopped to take a picture. Yeah so surreal there were people walking dogs in my neighborhood kids riding bikes like things that just don't happen out here in southern california you know if you ride your bike you take it to the beach and you go for a beach ride you know you don't just tool around the neighborhood and boy when you're you know quarantined at home you do and i thought that was fabulous it was like going back to the 70s when i was a kid yeah and, and that's a fantastic part of it, I think, Sandra, that everybody is realising the importance of going back to, well, not going back, going forward to uh, a more simple way of life, hopefully. Yes. 
Yeah. Well, and we haven't been doing the usual, you know, like insane gauntlet because it's almost like Christmas break here only without the hecticness of ornaments and getting together and all this stuff. And so, you know, I'm finding that the kids are having, we're having breakfast, lunch and dinner together, which never happens unless we're on vacation or on break and usually on vacation or break is not vacation or break for, for the mom. Right. Right. I mean, I, you know, as spoiled as I got, cause you know, we eat out a couple times a week. Um, Frankie's making dinner, lunch, dinner, breakfast, and dinner. <laughs> three times a day. I'm like, Oh, what do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? I mean, it was bad enough at seven. What are we having for dinner? Now it's like, what are we going to eat now? Yeah. It's like, we're going to be 300 pounds by the time this is all over. I think not getting, not doing too much and uh, eating quite a bit. The parks are closed. The kids aren't allowed to go to the park. Um, because the virus does live on metal for three days. And so, uh, you know, little hands can't touch it. You don't know what's going to happen. They always put it in their mouths. So we don't want that. Um, so it's, it's a little difficult for some kids, I think, that you can't take your kids to the park, you can't go down the slide, can't go on the swing, stuff that people did every day um, with, with the little ones. But, you know, they're coming up with really good stuff. And I'm really pleased to see that parents are parenting and enjoying mm-hmm. their children and learning a lot, you know, teaching their children. And uh, as a matter of fact, my, my little one, my little granddaughter, a year and a half, took a toilet trainer now because he said, you know, you need to kind of stick around house if you want to start to toilet train. Well, they're going to be home for quite a while. <laughs> so they may as well start it, you know, things like that. So there, there's some really brilliant things that are going to come out of this and, and, you know, a little bit of hardship, but like, like that thing I posted on Facebook that my son responded to, you know, about World War II, they had to go to war and we're just asking you to sit on a couch. Right. My son's, my son's like, I've been training for this my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> and I think all the kids feel that way, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm happy, just give me the controller, give me the you know, the laptop and I'm okay. Yeah. The, the the God forbid moment is if the internet goes down and, oh. there's, no and there's no iPad. Oh my god, then, then you're gonna have to read a book. I, I yeah. don't know, can we handle it? I know. <laughs> Well, I think that's one of the neat things about, you know, my house where my dad was, you know, my dad's still alive and he was in World War II. And, you know, he shared with us, you know, some of these stories about rationing and, and um, you know, kind of going through this. And I think it's enabled my kids to see my dad in a different light. You know, he's just grandpa. And, right. you know, when he was talking about, you know, the, the, the bombings in World War II and the Kristallnacht and, you know, things that are just in a history book. I'm sure that would have come up at the dinner table and the kids would have been like, yeah, yeah, just another grandpa story. But I think it has new meaning. You know, he, three weeks before this hit the United States, he went and hit the stores and brought home all the stuff because he was afraid of panic buying. He felt familiarity to when he was a 10, 12 year old in World War II and there was scarcity. Now, to be fair, when he came home with all this stuff, I'm like, oh God, what are you doing? Like, I didn't say that out loud, thank yeah. God, but I thought like, oh, crazy old man stuff. <laughs> you yeah. know, little did I know, <laughs> he was right. You just saved your bacon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. It's um it's an interesting time, but I think a lot of good is going to come out of it. I'm sure of it. And we have to hold on to that, I think. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what you two believe, but I believe there is good coming out of it, even though there's a great deal of hardship at the moment. But I think a lot of people are learning a lot of lessons along the way. 
and hopefully good lessons and that and we all have to have hope and faith Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. Can come through this. Working but Geraldine, together. Geraldine, you've got you've got a, a kind of a double background. You've got a background, you know, of, of a very strong faith, Christian faith, and you also have a spiritual background. So, if you don't mind, Sandra, I just wanted to ask her yeah. about how you, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people going around going, "Oh, it's the end of times. It's the end of the world. Look at the signs. Everybody, I told people, you know, it was going to be that." <laughs> well, what do you say to them? Well. You know, people, some people probably don't want to hear what I have to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's only my point of view and people can accept it or reject it, frankly. But from where I'm sitting, you know, let's make it clear. This is not God-made. A lot of people, I read a lot of things, you know, God is punishing us and, you know, it had to come to this, and which I, I'm just sorry, I don't believe that. This is not God-made. This is man-made, <laughs> totally man-made and we all have had a part to play in this whether we like to accept that or not and I think from well from my point of view as I said and everyone's welcome to their own points of view to me it is something that we all have to uh, deal with on an individual basis you know it's very easy for us because we're used to it and I'm sure and I know you two are always helping others Mm -hmm. and looking at ways that you can help others and people in your community and globally in the global community but I think at this point of time it's really important that we come back to the power of one Mm -hmm. we all know that what does that mean and the power of one to me Sandra means what can I do as an individual and how can I get myself through this as an individual? Because knowing energetically that we are all connected as one, whatever I do on an individual basis does affect everybody around me. Mm. Now, from a very practical point of view, of course, I have to follow the guidelines of the medics out there. They're telling us this is what we need to do to um, look after the health of ourselves and the health of others. Now, it's my job as an individual to follow those guidelines. I stay clear of other people. I wash my hands. I do all the things that I'm being told to do. And I know Bill and I, we go online or we listen, you know, every evening. We don't, we normally don't connect to news or papers or anything like that. But at the moment, we both say we have to follow the guidelines. So, you know, let's find out what's updated today. Like particular, as you were saying, Frankie, it's only essential services that are now open. So, and you you have to follow the guidelines that the supermarkets, there are squares marked or crosses marked. This is where you stand in line. And so you follow all those guidelines for your own safety and for the safety of others. But there is more on an inner level that I think we all need to be doing at this particular point in time. And the power of one is to look at our own lives. You know, this is a virus. But for me, it's looking at uh, 
what are the viruses that we hold within us? Because we have them. And I'm not talking health viruses, I'm talking emotional viruses. How much anger do we hold? How much blame do we hold? How much resentment do we hold? How much, you know, anger or guilt or anything else? Because those viruses are within us. And believe me, they are viruses because as we hold on to those, we are affecting everyone and everything around us. So we have to take a long, hard look at self and address those as an individual. And really, really good point. Yeah, and, and say, well, okay, I can deal with the viruses that are within me. So, you know, and I know a lot of people will say, well, that's not going to pay the bills. That's not going to help me with the food or whatever. But those are very, you know, that's a very practical thing. I'm talking now from a spiritual standpoint here. Mm-hmm. And I think whilst we have the time, it's time to go in and address these things on an individual level so that uh, we're not affecting the people around us and the communities that we live in. So once we do that, we're really helping everyone and everything because we are all connected, whether we like it or not. I mean, science has proven that. So we can't argue with that from a scientific point of view. Um, So Frankie, has that kind of answered? I think so. Yeah. 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 I think that that's, that's kind of what I meant. I mean, it's, it's sorry about the phone, Sandra. The it's, um, it's interesting, you know, and I, and I agree with you, this is man-made, but how we run away from our lives by running to work and running to play and running to bars and running to, people are sitting with themselves. They can't go out of their house or not supposed to anyway. And, and you know, you're sitting there and you can't help but start to reflect and inflect, you know, go inside and, and see what's going on. And, and just like, you know, I, when, I, when I wrote to you girls and I was going to bed and I was praying for everybody and, you know, wanting to make sure that all the good people I love in the world are still here at the end of all this. And they're like, you know, no, you need to get, and they kept saying, get the elders, get the elders. And, and I'm like, I don't know any elders. (laughs) I was like, get the elders. And I'm like, okay, well I'll, I'll leave that aside and I'll try to remember that. But it was like, you know, get these people and, and what can you do um, to lead in these times and get them together and talk about, you know, leading and talk about, um, what, and I, I go, I don't know what that's going to look like. I have no idea. But I thought, okay, we can have a conversation and see what that's supposed to look like. What does it mean? What are people, you know, what do they need the most right now? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think they kind of need a, a sense of um, uh, serenity, maybe, you know, that things are going to be hope, that things are going to be okay. They can't see the end of the line. And, you know, um, and things will be okay, Frankie. Things, we will come through this. As the, you know, age-old saying, this too will pass. Yes. And there will be life beyond this. Now, whether it's, it's what we're currently used to, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I think this has made us very aware of, of um, the, the global community in which we live. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, it's a, a way of awakening people to a brand new way of life. And um, I'm so glad and grateful, Frankie, that you did call us together 
And I must admit, I sat and thought when you sent out the email, oh, do I really have anything to offer? Do I really, you know, can I really do this? But I then sat down in a great time of, you know, meditation and prayer. And that's the other thing, Frankie, I'm so pleased you mentioned that. We can all pray healing every single day. As you, I know you're a great prayer of prayers. And it's so important that we do that because when we all come together to pray, mm-hmm. it has incredible power to heal. That's right. So, yeah. I know you believe that, Sandra. Oh, yeah. Well, I also believe that we have a choice every day on how we can show up. We can be the light or we can be the darkness. It's really that simple. You know, I don't think, you know, I have any great fear more than anybody else or any great hope more than anybody else. It's a choice. It's a choice to show up. And I, I liken this to some of the cancer treatments that I've undergone recently and the uncertainty, the nervousness, the not knowing is kind of what cancer patients and, you know, people who have undefined illnesses or, or big problems in their life, you know, they don't know how they're going to turn out and they can be life threatening. So I think, you know, it was an aha moment for me to go these things are pretty similar. You know, you don't know if you're going to be healthy. You don't know if you're going to be around to see your kids, all those crazy thoughts that we all have at some point or another, but you have a choice every day. And, you know, I can choose to be sunlight that shines hope and helps people lift up, or I can come and unload all my complaints on this. And all you have to do is look on Facebook or any of the social medias. And I, I just, um, you know, I, I kind of want to write snarky things on people's Facebook pages when all they're doing is complaining about their own self-interest, but I don't because that's not going to help anyone. But I do find myself, if somebody says like, well, what are you struggling with? I state it, I drop it, and then I move on to something more positive because really there is no good coming from me complaining every day about not having eggs. You know, I have my health, I have water, I have other things to eat. Yes, I don't have eggs, but I don't need to castigate the governor, the president, the, you know, ninja mutant turtle delivery people, you know, whatever story I'm going to make up to make myself feel better by complaining to another person. I just don't think that's okay. But you said something super important because this is what I want people to understand. Each and every one of us has our own personal story and our own challenge that we're going through, right? We all have our own challenges. Nobody is unique in that really. And, and yet, you know, some people say, Oh, well, you know, I've got this and I've got this. No, we've all got, that and this <laughs> to get through and it's especially difficult I mean I look at you and you're so upbeat and you know you're going through your cancer treatments you're just starting them um, like you said you don't know what it's going to hold you don't know if they're going to work or not we don't know anything and yet you know you're choosing and you've always chosen this to you know to be the light to be the light in the world and, and your family appreciates it your friends appreciate it mm-hmm. the listeners appreciate it how can they not And so, you know, if you were somebody at home listening and and think, yeah, you know what? I'm always telling people the bad stuff. I'm never showing them the good stuff. Like maybe 
reframe your thoughts a little bit because it's very important. It's really hard to be with somebody 24 seven who's down, down, down all the time. Well, and I think, you know, one of the things that I learned from both of you, and, you know, I've done a couple shows that I encourage everybody to listen to. I did one, two today, one with a Navy SEAL vascular surgeon who had isolation in the desert during the war. And then the other one was a submarine officer who was, you know, 3,000 feet under the water. Talk about isolation. Yes, scary. And, you know, what they could teach us. And one of the things that they talked about is, you know, how do you show up and what stories do you tell yourself and what stories are you telling other people? Because we all have a choice with some of this. And, you know, when you talk about the power of one, Geraldine, the power of one person to influence, if I go to a group of women and they say, oh, you know, who's your husband? I can say, I'm divorced. He cheated on me. I went through a foreclosure. My mom died. It was the worst time of my life. Now that's true. But I could also say, you know, I got divorced. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. It launched a new career. I've got two great kids and you know, I'm currently single. I'm dating a few guys, but I'm happy. Now that's also true. Great. Both of those two stories are truths to me. But right. what story do I choose to tell? Doesn't mean I don't have bad days. Doesn't mean I'm a liar. Doesn't mean I'm poly perfect or happy sand. But the fact of the matter is every day we choose what stories we're going to tell. And it's actually very selfish, Geraldine and Frankie. I don't want to talk about too many negative, sad things because then I feel bad. Right. If I want to feel good, right. I'm going to Try to find the light, the positivity, the kindness, or the forgiveness in all this because it's selfish. It makes me feel better first. There you go. There you go. You know, one of the things that's going to be very difficult for people, and I know it already, um, is, is people who aren't used to being together. Like, you know, people mm -hmm. live together, but they're not used to being together yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, you ha there has to be a little bit of kindness in that. In, in forgiveness in, you know, um, when, when we're dealing with, with our children and our mates and things like that, because yeah, people are going to get on your nerves, but there's strategies, you know, go away, go lock the bathroom door, whatever you have to do, read a book, um, come back later. Uh, but it, the, the main thing is kindness, just be kind and remember yeah. that we're all in this together. We are all in this together. My four-year-old Ranzos wrote that we're all in this together that and was really cute. wasn't that cute and yeah. you know wisdom from four-year-olds um but it's true and and so that's I think that's the most important thing is to remember just to be kind it's gonna last a while I you know right. I don't know how long it's gonna last but I think we're it's gonna last at least until August if not till December and so you know we could be stuck together for a long time but at least we're stuck with people that we love Right. And we have to learn to laugh at some things. Yeah. You know, like I made these horrific non-egg, non-flour banana protein powder pancakes. Like they came out like frizzy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the kids are like, mom, what is this? And I'm like, well, you know, that's my attempt at a protein pancake. And I will say the funniest things my kids did last night at dinner that was so unexpected and so perfect was my younger one punched the older one in the arm he says coronavirus <laughs> 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 now we don't want our kids punching each other but 
you know, you have to blow off steam a little bit of the stuff and to make a thing where, you know, you punch your brother in the arm and give him coronavirus and laugh about it. Like, it's not a laughable thing. I get right. That. It used but to be you, cooties, right? Right. Now right. It's coronavirus. It cooties, now it's coronavirus. But there's also got to be a little bit of lightness in this because it is so heavy. And yeah. you know, you talk about that because we've all raised kids and we have, you guys have grandchildren. I don't have them yet, but I wish I could like virtually punch you in the arm and give you like Corona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Sandra, we make every day and, and, you know, make sure that either we go out in the garden or we go for a walk or we do whatever. And, Often in the evenings, we'll put something on, a movie or anything that is lighthearted, mm-hmm. that is comedy, that we can have a good laugh and that we can get into that zone and forget about. Because the sad part too is I think when people are, have this, you know, this live news run that just kind of goes on and on and on and people are, are transfixed with that. Yeah. And I think you have to get what you need, turn it off. And if you being confined to home, yes, put on a movie, but make it lighthearted. Make it something. Yeah. That yeah. You- don't watch Outbreak. You know, yeah. don't watch Outbreak or a pandemic. Exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you're, you're absolutely right about that. You're absolutely right about that. Like I, I've had to say, turn it off. I've had enough. I can't take another word about it. Like yes. done. Yeah, and it's not helping, Frankie. It's not helping anyone. It's no. just, uh, you know, you've got to, as you said, Sandra, you've got to have a laugh and you've got to find something. Go on YouTube and find comedians or something and just yeah. have a laugh. I almost screamed on your show because an ant was crawling on me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I keep feeling him on me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Find comedians. I mean, my kids do that. They listen to comedy all the time. It's brilliant. Yeah. 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 You have to find ways of, of laughing at life too. I'm going to write a coronavirus song. I decided. Are you? Good. Okay. <laughs> we'll look forward to it. Everybody hearing. should write one. It'd be so much fun to hear all the coronavirus songs. Right. Coronavirus. <laughs> you just tire us. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> my corona. Uh, yeah, no. yeah. My corona. <laughs> Well, and I do think, like, I do, you know, see what some people are doing on social media. You know, they are playing games. They are um, cooking and sharing the things that they're making, like sharing the, um, you know, sharing the the, the recipes that they're doing, yeah. the creative things. And, you know, I really appreciate it because I think this could be the great global connector you know, in a, in a society that arguably, you know, was angry. You know, I just, you couldn't turn on Facebook and not see somebody go on some rant about something about whatever, you know, or criticizing people or feeling that they can take cheap shots from the keyboard. And I've seen a big shift in social media towards, Hey, do you need me to come and pick up some things or my neighbor had eggs? And she yeah. brought me over a dozen eggs. She's like, I got a ton of chickens. She's like, I'd love to bring you some eggs. I've got plenty. Now, that would normally not happen because mm-hmm. everybody's in their own isolated mm-hmm. little worlds. And I think there seems to be a shift in kindness, like a global shift in mm-hmm. kindness. Mm. And look, Sandra, we all have pillows for the anger. We all have cushions. Go and take it out on those mm-hmm. um, and just kind of... 
And, and I think too, Sandra, when we get into those zones, it only takes stopping to think that there are some parts of the world who live under these conditions oh. every day, 24-7, and have no idea, you know, of what it is like to live with food and with a house, you know, a roof over your head and warm clothes and all of that sort of thing. And we're just getting a taste of that, of what it is like in third world countries where people don't have any of this all the time. Yeah. And yeah. they have health issues all the time and they die every day. Yeah. So, you know, I think we need to awaken to that too. And perhaps this is helping us to do that. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like, you know, like one of the big articles that led one of the journals that I read is um, Europe might not have enough bandwidth for For Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Like we should have such troubles. Like I like Netflix. I know the guy who owned Netflix, you know, many years ago. Well, they they, they did that. Netflix did that on purpose so they could keep America happy. you europe too bad for you canada and australia you know don't take away americans netflix but yeah. i will you know like i'll i'll be honest like in this i think is it's kind of funny but not funny like i was profoundly irritated when uh amazon said they're going to be uh shipping only like medical necessary items first as priority and then your other stuff will be delayed and i'm like <gasps> My fuzzy socks did not come in two days. And I had to check myself and go, okay, you, you need to get, like, you need to get it in alignment, girl, because, you know, you're like, when my first thing was irritation over yeah. my fuzzy socks. Like, I can yeah. live without fuzzy socks. But, you know, the things that we're used to, um, I'll admit it, selfish, spoiled, yeah, yeah. self-indulgent, yeah. and wasteful. I can check all those boxes at certain times, not all the time, but yeah. I can look at myself and go, yeah, this is probably a good thing that I start recognizing what I have. And, you know, if my Sam's Club delivery takes eight days, which it did, we almost had like a party in the living room when this food arrived. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, Sandra, and I understand there are because I look at our own kids and, and trying to feed, you know, grandkids, teenagers in particular that are just eating machines. And, and I know people are finding it really tough and really hard. I know the lines here in Australia to get unemployment benefits have been, you know, absolutely yeah. unbelievable. And the, the government websites have been going down. They've had to, you know, boost them with more bandwidth and the whole bit to try and carry the load. And I understand all of that. But I also understand the power of one, too, to reach out and say, can anybody please help me? You know, I haven't got enough for, yeah. for the kids or I haven't because there are hundreds of us thousands of us who are only too willing to share yeah yeah but sometimes we have to get over our little selves yeah and ask for that help be be brave enough to put your hand up and say listen i'm not coping with this i need to talk to someone or has anybody got whatever i need can you help me to feed the kids and we're yeah. all only too willing to do that. Of I course. Know. 
Yeah, yeah. of course they are. You know, it, back in the day, I, w- I was um, doing emergency services and, and emergency preparedness week happens in the beginning of May in Canada. And everybody, you know, learns a little bit about being survivalists and in, you know, being prepared for an emergency, make sure you have water and blankets and candles and yada, yada. And in, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a bunch of survivalist things going out and the guy, oh, you have to have a gun because people are going to come after you. You got all the food now. So you better have a gun to keep all those people away. I got all the food. I got two years food here, right? So I better have my gun, make sure people don't come and steal my stuff when they run out of their stuff or weren't smart enough to collect their own stuff. So now you're going to come after my stuff. But that's the thinking. See, that, that, that's the, the wrong thinking. Mm. Um, and, and so if you're thinking that and you're out there and you're thinking that, don't think that, think, you know, let's share, let's share the wealth. And yeah. I think people, there are those people who do, who do that, but I think there's more people who will share. Absolutely. I, I believe that. I believe it too, Frankie. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Mm. And especially, you know, like I know as an, as a mom and a grandmother, I would, and so many times I have, I would go without for my kids, like whatever they need, you're going to go without. Yeah. You're yeah. going to do it. You just do it. And, but I, I also, you know, we've got quite a few <laughs> talking about elderly people, you know, I was yeah. I, I quite affronted the kids saying, now look, mum and dad, you know, you come under the elderly status, right. whether you like it or not, you're elderly. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, behave and do what you have to do. That's right. But I look That's at- like my dad. My dad was like, you know, I can run to uh, Lowe's, you know, we're fixing, we're using this time as a, mm-hmm. this pause button that I call it. The pause button is a good time to work on your business, to work on your systems, whether your systems are in your house or in your, you know, business, because you, most of the time we work in our business, we don't have time to work on our business. So mm-hmm this is an ideal time to get caught up. It's almost like what's on your new year's list that you didn't do or what's on your honeydew list. Cause I, we cleaned out our kitchen and pulled everything out of the cabinets. I realized I'm a frying pan hoarder. There was like nine <laughs> frying pans back there. And I had no idea. Sandra, I'm missing one. You fry pan. But I, you know, I look at these things because stuff kind of gets stuffed back. Yeah. And, so, and unless we move, we don't go in and find what's in the back of the closet or what's, you know, wherever. And so um, I really like that we can utilize this time that we're in our homes to make improvements. We're cleaning, we're painting, we're, you know, going through stuff that we don't need, getting bags ready for donation. I mean, I'm so happy with my kitchen, you guys. The floor is hand mopped. You know, it's been vacuumed. My counters are clean. That never happens, especially this time of year where we're running like lunatics to every sport under the sun. No dust. (laughs) I love your dust. But you guys can see, you can look behind me. My office bomb went off because I'm pulling everything out of here. What can I reduce? What can I reuse? What can I recycle? And what can I gift? So Mm. making the best of a bad situation um, is all the difference between really valuing it. You know, I don't want to blow these days that I've been given to, you know, watching constant media, whatever, because you said it best. It doesn't help me. You know, the, 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 the number counts in New York city are 
reflective of the number of tests there. We don't have them here in my little town. We don't have them yet. So that doesn't mean Corona hasn't come to visit. That's Just right. We're not tested. But all those news reports do is ratchet up my anxiety. So yeah. I can't sleep. I can't parent properly. I can't heal or much less, you know, get, get through my day without fearful crying. How is that good for anyone? It's not. it's not. You know, Wayne Dyer said, but I, I think I saw him like 20 years ago. And he said, if you can't change the news, stop watching it. Yeah. And, exactly. and, and, and that's what he meant. You know, you don't need to watch that because you can't change it. No. And it's no. just going to get put anxiety out into the world. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And hear what you need to hear that. and move on. Well, because that's a mental health issue. It is. You know, and I think, um, this is the one thing that I worry about, you know, the first week of the virus, and I'm not saying that this is due exactly to that, but we had one of our local moms take her own life oh. and they were trying to find her. They put up on Facebook these, you know, things, have you seen her? We can't find her, blah, blah, blah. And it turned out that she did take her own life. And, you know, I'm not going to pass judgment on somebody, what they do, but I do, my heart goes out to her 16 year old daughter who's on our swim team and mental health is such a priority because I think we're all struggling with good mental health when we're bombarded with frightening, sometimes completely wrong misinformation. Yes. And yeah. I think, you know, we have to attend to our own mental health needs and the mental health needs of our children and some of our friends who we know, mom friends, you know, grandparent friends, you know, work friends that might benefit from a little reach out on the phone. That could make the difference between somebody making a really, really tragic decision versus not. Yeah. You know, I, I posted last week on Facebook um, that I would do a weekly, a, a weekly, call let's say um where i would put out the number the zoom call and if people you know they're shut in or they haven't spoken to somebody all week or they really just need to a, a friendly face they can come on this call and and talk and a lot of people say oh i really need that i want that um we'll see if if you know they, they follow through but the, but the option is there because i think you know social distancing um is really physical distancing it's not social distancing yes. and so you, you know it doesn't mean that you can't talk to people mm. via via this way um rather you know you just stay away from them in person so i think it's really important to reach out to people especially people that we know um are lonely and people who are get depressed mm. and people who don't have other people in their house and um you know, it, it's difficult. It's difficult times and they don't want to intrude. You know, they know that your husband's home, my husband's home, you know, your kids are home, your dad is there. People don't want to intrude on others. Um, and so you have to let them know my door's open for you. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. about that. Mm. You know, because um, yeah, for, for, for a lot of people, uh, online is, is their social life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Frankie. No, I totally agree with you and just keeping in touch. And there's so many ways you can do that now, which is fantastic. <clears throat> yeah, because we've got kids in, in Sydney, which is a, you know, nine hours drive away. Wow. But we can FaceTime with them all, all the time and keep up with the news and telephone and all of those things, which is fantastic. The others aren't quite so far away, but now we're having to do that too. 
right. seeing how the children have put us into the elderly category. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, truly. <laughs> but, but once again, as I said, we have to follow the guidelines. We have yeah. to do what is suggested. And if we don't, we're being very foolish about ourselves and about others. And, you know, keep reminding your friends. I keep reminding my friends, you know, she, she, she has all these people come to her house. She goes, but I'm isolating. No, you're not. When you have people coming to your house, you're not in isolation. Sorry. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, they, you can't have all these random people who are out in the world doing their thing. And then, oh, yeah, I'm good. Don't worry. I'm not sick. They don't know. Right. No, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have no idea. And, and she has a, you know, compromised um, physical you know health so it's really important that people if you care about the ones you love mm. you know stay mm. away <laughs> yes all right the most loving thing you can do is yeah. be supportive to them in other ways you know mm -hmm. um like you know my my great aunt who i absolutely adore i make a point to call her once a week Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, I'd love to call her once a day. That's not reasonable. But, you know, I can call her and lift her spirits even for a 15 minute call. Right. So yes. There's a way that you can, you know, you could write a letter or a note. You know, one of my uh, mom friends who has a six year old little boy, he doesn't understand why he can't go to school and play with all his friends. So yeah. she put her address up on Facebook and said, anybody who wants to mail him a postcard or mail him a little letter Oh, it would be really fun, you know. So there are things that we can do. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely, Sandra. Mm. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think I guess you know, kind of to sum it up, I would say, you know, looking at, you know, what, what, what benefits us all, because complaining, I don't think benefits anyone. You know, there's ways that you can, you can like, you know, Geraldine talked about, you know, like punching a pillow, write in a journal, or you could say a few things and then shut your big yapper because nobody wants a group. And that happened to me yesterday. We're all standing six feet apart in the park while our kids were running this trail and um, they had to run apart, but, you know, it was getting some of that boy energy out. And this one lady came and she just verbally threw up on all over us, every problem that she had, everything she was happening. And, you know, she actually had it better than a lot of us and we were just all kind of standing there and she left and we're like wow we're glad that's over because it really <laughs> didn't help anyone and you know what people won't say anything but I will avoid that lady in the future yeah, I yeah. will avoid her in the market I will avoid her you know and people think there's no consequences to their behavior but I don't want anybody verbally throwing up on me you know when I'm just standing in the park waiting for my kid to run down the hill so that lady will be people aren't going to run up to be part of her life. And right. I just want to put that. That's what happens when you do these things and you don't think there's consequences. People don't say anything, but they're certainly not gonna um, line up to be your friend. Yeah. Yes. For me, Sandra, if we're, you know, finishing off, I think, um, and, and this, you know, sounds quite out there but every day I get up and I physically grab the whole hands of God and I just say God you know walk with me into the unknown mm -hmm. because you know what we all need and so somehow that gives me faith 
and trust that everything will be okay so that I'm, I know I'm walking into the unknown. We are all walking into yeah. the unknown. But I also know and my faith and my belief is such that I know that God provides for all our needs. And so whatever I need today and whatever this planet needs today and whatever her people need today, I know will be provided. So I'm just going to take your hand, God, and I'm going to walk into that unknown with complete faith and trust. I love that. And talk about the planet, what the planet needs. It's been absolutely brilliant to look at, at, the, at the visuals that have come from China and from um, Italy and, and, and the different countries with the, with the factories being shut down, that the emissions are gone. They were totally gone for oh, days. Yeah, I saw that, how clear the air how was. How clear the air was, that there was no, you know, without those emissions going, the earth really could heal. And, you know, they're just starting up again, and you can see it on the graph where they're, you know, these emissions again. And it's really sad because the earth had a little bit of healing time, and it just mm -hmm. proves that she can heal if we allow her. So mm -hmm. I really wish those people would take another look at those factories and what they're doing and, and you know, as much as we want to be healthy, our world needs to be healthy. Yeah. Like that's just as important, if not more important. Well, and I'd like to close with, you know, look around and focus on what you do have versus what you don't have. You know, I have a whole pantry full of food and I'm freaking out because I don't have eggs. You know, that's not, not helping anyone. And when I look around and go, we have computers, we have Wi-Fi, we have each other, we have our health. You know, I think in, in tough times, it's helpful to remember and to focus on the good you see, what we do have and what we can do for others. Because that right there is, I think, Geraldine, that oneness, you know, being grateful for what we have and, you know, lending a hand to those who don't and allowing time to stop for a little bit and to reflect. I think this is a really good time that everybody can use to reflect on their families, on their businesses, you know, on their personal lives, on their health and well-being, and those that they love. Because very few times in our life do we ever hit the pause button where mm. we're given this time to work on our lives, work on our goals and dreams. I encourage you to pull out those old to-do lists, the honey-do lists, and work on them. I encourage you to look at your New Year's resolutions if you made them. There's still time. There's time to take classes. Yeah. time to learn whatever you want to learn. You don't know how to cook. This is a great time to learn. Look at it as an adventure, as an opportunity for growth, and I think you won't go wrong. On behalf of myself, Frankie Picasso in Toronto, Geraldine Tegelov in Australia, we'll be back again next week. Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Join us again. We've got something you won't want to miss. Motherhood Talk Radio is a production of Beck Multimedia.